As the UFC's total all-time roster continues to explode in size like the ever-expanding universe... I'm from a different planet. <laughs> it's easy for fans to forget about fighters from the past, but it's one thing to let Jerry Harris from UFC 7 slip your mind. Watch me deliver the pain. It's another entirely for fighters who made a substantial mark, have some all-time stats, or had a huge boom period. It's time to jar your memory or maybe introduce you to a new favorite. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point. A huge thank you to our biggest channel supporters in our Hall of Famers. And these are 10 savages nobody talks about anymore. Number 10, Gabriel Gonzaga. What do we love about heavyweights? <sighs> that they finish fights. They finish fights more than any other division because it's a bunch of big-ass dudes throwing big-ass bombs at each other. So anybody who ends up with a lot of finishes, say 11, like Francis Ngannou, are of course beloved by the fans. Then why is it that a man who has the same number of finishes as Francis has just completely disappeared from our consciousness besides his one famous finish of Mirko Krokop? Yeah, Gonzaga has as many stops as Ngannou, tied for third all-time in the division known four finishes. Not only did this guy just stop everyone, he came in hot, ending his first four, the last of which was Krokop. And the guy almost always got finished in his losses. It was win or he was going out on his shield, something the most just bleed among us love. In 22 UFC bouts, he only ever saw two decisions. He was even in a title fight for Anderson Silva's sake, and a fairly entertaining one. It's pretty surprising given how exciting he was that Gabe isn't more talked about still. And when he he had a mustache, he looked like TRT Freddie Mercury. I mean, come on. Number nine, Tiago Alves. Speaking of looking cool, Tiago Alves was just a ball of muscle and murder. And considering he fought one of the greatest ever for a championship at one of the UFC's most seminal events, it's insane that Tiago Alves, who only retired in 2019, seems like a distant memory. The dude was on fire at first, winning nine of his first 11 in the UFC before that shot at GSP. And he beat some impressive names on that run like Matt Hughes and Josh Koscheck. Did you know he's only second behind Matt Metal God Brown for welterweight KO TKOs? So if Matt is the KO king, then surely that makes Alves the prince. He has the fourth most finishes at welterweight period. Four of the night bonuses. His style was exciting. I don't know, what gives here? Somebody help me out because more than most on this list, he did reach the top of the card at one point. But Tiago is just not a name you hear about when people talk about that late 2000s era for some reason. Number Number eight, Alan Belcher. It seems like there's only two things that people ever reference when they speak on Alan Belcher. His Johnny Cash tattoo that looks more like Kim Jong-un than the man in black. Oh, that's a really good bad one. I talk about his tattoo all the time. That is the worst thing I've ever seen. And then that Mike Bisbean blinded him and we never saw him again. But that is completely unfair. At least the eye thing. Remembering how terrible that tattoo is, is warranted. But what should be much more talked about is the fact that at the promotion first Zufa era peak around UFC 100, Allen was fucking killing it. I don't even want to look back there. It's terrible. I mean, I like the commitment. The commitment's pretty good. The commitment's pretty good. He had me gone. That's it. I punked Joe Rogan. Not really. I don't think you can claim you punked He tied for the most bonuses in 2009. A submission of the night over Dennis Kang. He and Sexyama tore the house down at UFC 100 and earned the fight of the night. He picked up those honors again at 107 and then kicked off his 2010 with a submission of the night over Patrick Cote. Four bonuses in a row like that is very rare. Anybody else who has done the same is a household name. Belcher never made it to the title
title picture despite an impressive run of six wins in seven fights. But that was mainly due to his inactivity following that crazy run of a year from 2009 to 2010. Fun fact, though, he eventually became Ryback, so that's neat at least. There's a huge one-punch knockout win for Alan Belcher. Number 7, Eric Silva. I think that Eric Silva was sadly the victim of his massive hype. Nothing short of MMA Mount Rushmore was going to be good enough. Um, but I am honored that a lot of people considered me uh, in that same conversation. And so I think because he fell so short of expectations that what he was able to do was greatly diminished. He came into the UFC, the jungle fight welterweight champ, unbeaten in four years. He had an absolutely insane run of bonus earning performances, seven over the course of a few years span. In 2014, he had the most with three, and they were in back-to-back -back fights. He was exciting when he didn't win. Two high-profile losses, John Fitch and Matt Matt Brown were fight of the night. Yes, that's right, John Fitch had a fight of the night. Every single one of his seven UFC victories were stoppages. The guy had the look, he was exciting. It's just that he couldn't consistently win against top guys. And like I said, because the hype was so huge coming in, I don't think he got a fair shake as one of those really enjoyable fighters from that era. Number six, Melvin Gillard. Because he is so rarely mentioned today by fans, you wouldn't know that Melvin Gillard was one of the most popular fighters to emerge during the top boom, at least as far as someone who didn't win a season of tough and who never fought for the title. Despite these facts, he would headline four different cards over the course of his run, a testament to his popularity. And it made sense. The guy had a ton of charisma. Uh, when you have bills and car notes and, you know, you have a wife. It's nice to see you're maturing. You're doing the right things in and out of the octagon, my friend. You look hot in that dress. Thank you. He fought in exciting fights with an exciting style. He still to this day has the most knockdowns in UFC lightweight history which for a division that is as popular and entertaining as that one is pretty crazy. Five of the night bonuses, eight finishes. I think had he not dropped off as hard as he did late in his career, he might still be considered one of those loved fighters from that era, even though he never saw the championship. But alas, he's just one of those badasses on this list that don't get enough love today. Number five, Marcus Davis. Before Ireland had Conor McGregor or Ian Gary, they had Marcus Davis from Bangor, Maine. The Irish hand grenade was was a staple of the Tough Boom era UFC, coming into the promotion and winning eight of his first nine, only dropping one to Mike Swick. He was right in the mix for a potential welterweight title shot until he lost to Dan Hardy and then went on a bit of a bad run on his way out of the promotion. But he did manage to have a banger with Nate Diaz in Boston. What makes him notable for this list, though, was his 2007. Here's the thing about of the night bonuses. In nearly every year up through 2022, going all the way back to 2006 when they started handing them out. With only a few exceptions, the most anybody ever gets in a year is three. If you got three, you were the fucking man that year. And not only did Marcus Davis get three in 2007, which is way harder than 2022 when there's like 900% more events to fight on, he got three in just two fights. A knockout of the night against Jason Tan in Belfast, and a fight of the night and submission of the night to follow that up against Paul Taylor. Dude was a stud. Number four, Tyson Griffin. You know who Marcus Davis tied with in 2007 for three of the night bonuses? If you guessed the fighter in this entry because we're talking about it in this entry, you're correct. Tyson Griffin was the other standout of 2007, and I'm ranking him higher for a couple reasons. One, his fight of the night with Frankie Edgar is one of the most amazing underappreciated fights in UFC history.
three. They were so far ahead of their time, it truly looked like a fight from today. So Griffin made his debut and got a sub of the night, then he had that hidden gem classic with Frankie, then he had the 2007 fight of the year against Clay Guida, so that's the three he got in 2007, started 2008 with yet another fight of the night, he would end up with five total, which puts him in elite company like Max, Anderson Silva, Yoel, Bobby Knux, you know, those types. Unfortunately, Tyson peaked at the wrong time and never saw a title shot, so I think many of the newer fans that came after Ronda and Connor simply don't know this man exists. Number three, Sam Stout. As of this video's upload, there have been 589 fighters that have received fight of the night bonuses. Yes, I counted them, and very, very few of those ever got more than one or two. As I just mentioned in the last entry, if you hit five, you were an elite company. The record is eight, and the guys that top this list are household names. Nate Diaz, Dustin Poirier, Frankie Edgar, Justin Gaethje. Well, tied for third all-time with six is Sam Stout. Who? Of everyone to have reached such heights with FOTN honors, Stout is without question the least well-known today. He had a three-bout run that were all given fight of the night back-to-back, -back. that's some Gaethje shit, and while Hands of Stone never saw a title fight, he was always in bangers. Even more fascinating is that the guy was Canadian, so you would think that a dude who's putting on exciting fights like that would at least be beloved in the Great White North. Do yourself a favor and go watch him deadshot Eve Edwards after this video. It is an all-time timer. Number two, Joe Lozon. It seems like lately fans are giving veterans so much love. Cowboy, Poirier, people are calling for Jim Miller to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Well, for a long time, the bonus king of the UFC, the man who was very much like Cowboy, anyone, anywhere, anytime, who was guaranteed to give you an exciting throwdown, was Joe motherfucking Lozon. But for whatever reason, it just seems like he's gone by the historic wayside as of late, which is particularly upsetting setting to me because he's my favorite fighter ever. 15 of the night bonuses. That's the most ever at lightweight. It is the fourth most ever period, only behind Nate Diaz, Cowboy, and Charlie Olives. All three of those men are looked at with so much reverence, and yet my boy Joe is just not getting the love he deserves. Blood and guts from horn to horn every fight. I know he's not been as active in his late career, but his going unappreciated is a crime. Whenever he retires, he deserves the Robbie Lawler treatment in my humble cartoon opinion. Number one, Chris Lytle. I mean, you want to talk about blood and guts. That was this dude personified. And he was a damn hero firefighter, just like Stipe, with 10 of the night bonuses, which is the most all-time at welterweight and the ninth most ever, period. I mean, it's kind of crazy that nobody really talks about Chris Lytle anymore, because he was popular at the time. But for some reason, there's just not a ton of love for him these days. I mean, his peak was in the early 2000s during the tough boom. Hell, he was the season four finale against Matt Sarah. He fought Matt Hughes directly after that on pay-per-view. The man has beaten Matt Brown and finished him twice. Now, it's true, he never really touched the top of the card. He was never a marquee name, but he absolutely made his mark in the years he was in the UFC, ending his run and retiring after a double bonus earning performance in his only ever headliner besides Tough, defeating Dan Hardy in the fight of the night and earning the submission of the night in the process. It's one of the most badass retirements 
favorites of all time. If there's anybody in fighting that's not getting it that deserves respect still today, it is lights out. I love talking about fighters that nobody really talks about anymore, but it's cool to get to highlight some fighters that really don't get a chance to get highlighted very often. Another thing I'd like to highlight here is the amazing edit by Luke Taylor. Follow him wherever he may go. Another group that deserves appreciation are channel champions. Thank you all so much for your support. Guys, if you want to be one of them, touch that little join button down there and you'll learn all about it. Lots of fun exclusive content. If you're not feeling it, no big deal. Liking and subscribing would be huge as well. Let me know in the comments, fighters, you wish more people would talk about and have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you later.